Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So glad to be with you every single week. Thanks for joining us. Before we jump in, we want to tell you about a free course you can download called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a video course that has lots of resources to get you started in your journey for rebuilding trust and healing from broken trust. You can use the link in the show notes to download it right away and we'll send it to you. All right, Jody. Hey. So last time we talked about physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. We thought we were going to get to all four of them, but <laughs> no, there's no we'll way. We'll see how far we, we get today. We, and I mean by me, we have, <laughs> I have a lot to say about all this and uh, love talking about it. So we're going to expand it out and cover one of the other ones today, probably for a whole episode. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you jump in and introduce okay. it? Yeah. So today we want to cover emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. And emotional intimacy is is about being open with your deepest feelings, fears, thoughts, those kinds of things. One thing that we addressed a little bit last time, but I want to address maybe a little more formally yeah. here is, as with any kind of intimacy, it requires safety, but and also vulnerability. Yes. Th- those two mm-hmm. will need to come hand in hand if you're going to improve and create and nurture any kind of intimacy with your partner. Yeah. I think it's always good to keep the context clear of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Because if you've got a, if you're listening to this and you just discovered, you know, two days ago that your partner had a secret life or there is some major betrayal or you're weeks into a, you know, this discovery process, or you haven't had a full disclosure yet, or there's just still a lot of questions and, and lack of safety in the relationship, or you're dealing with abusive patterns, et cetera. Talking about some of this stuff that we're discussing around physical intimacy and emotional intimacy are things that are probably good for you to understand eventually, but yeah. aren't going to be your biggest yeah, priority you right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Safety exactly. first. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. These things are built on a foundation of basic safety, respect, mutuality, where both people are wanting to stay in the relationship. There's a level of, you know, there's there's no major burning fires going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are steps that you take after you get your bearings, mm-hmm. after you kind of get get your direction clear and get somewhat of a foundation, then you can start building intimacy. Yeah, and this is and that's obviously in a committed relationship or marital context. Mm-hmm. You can practice any of these things we're talking about with all of your important relationships. Yeah. You know, even physical intimacy, we talked about that last time around touch and you mm-hmm. talked about it with some of your friends that are single and how mm-hmm. make sure that they're not undertouched. Mm-hmm. And the same with with emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. So, so especially, well, I, I don't want to say that because fear of vulnerability is going to show up really almost in any kind of intimacy. Oh, yeah. And that can be a big, it can feel like a big determinant. What, what word am Deterrent. I? Deterrent. Thank you. <laughs> it didn't come out right. I'm from Oklahoma, <laughs> so I can translate just about any bungled <laughs> word because they sound right to me, but I know they're not right. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, just fear of vulnerability can keep you from wanting to venture into mm. creating deeper intimacy around any of these topics. Yeah. And I just want to say that that's very normal. It's very common for us to get close to our threshold of what kind of intimacy feels familiar or comfortable and feel like moving past that is is dangerous. Yeah. And I, I Brene Brown gave a great it was kind of her breakout speech that she gave, I think it was 2010, called The Power of Vulnerability. You can find it on YouTube, a TED Talk. And she basically says, universally, we all are afraid of intimacy, mm. vulnerability. Like we do all kinds of stuff to avoid it. Yeah. But her speech was to invite us into vulnerability. We need to almost be invited into it. Yeah. Children just sort of naturally are vulnerable. They have to be. They're powerless. They're dependent. They depend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they they in some ways use the vulnerability as a way to stay alive and to stay connected. Mm -hmm. They cry, they reach out. They're so sweet and we love them for it. But somehow we, you know, we sort of unlearn that mm -hmm. and have to relearn it as adults. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is, is absolutely right. We, we all struggle and have maybe a ceiling of how far we'll go, mm -hmm. you know, in all these different areas we're talking about. Yeah. And you know, you're, Threshold might be just fine. It, it might be fine for you and, and your partner and mm -hmm. how things work between the two of you together. But oftentimes these issues come up when it's not fine for one of you. Oh, sure. When somebody is feeling like their need for intimacy in a particular area is not being met. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think when you're in the dating stage, it's not as obvious because you're both, in most cases, there's a lot of limerence, there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of hormones and drugs and whatever else going through your body. Yeah. You just feel good chemicals. You're just feeling really great. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of curiosity and newness and novelty about it. Yeah. But eventually you start to recognize that you've probably married your opposite or someone that has some opposite tendencies, which is attractive initially, but becomes a, a challenge for a lot of folks. And it can show up in these areas where one person you know, needs a higher level than of something than the other. Mm-hmm. It just keeps relationships interesting. I mean, I don't know what else we right. talk about. Right, right. <laughs> Everything lined up all the time. Okay, so we mentioned that emotional in intimacy, if you're going to be sharing deepest thoughts and feelings and fears, there has to be an environment where there's no judgment and uh, just general safety, a safe emotional place for you to share. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I know I'm going to tell you something that's deep inside me and that you're just going to roll your eyes or you're going to tell me, no, you don't feel that way, or you're going to dismiss it, I'm going to learn pretty quick that I can't share things with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one's tough because we all have opinions. We all have maybe a, a comfort level with what makes sense to us, how we see the world. Yeah. And so it's easy to give nonverbal reactions or dismiss or even defend or argue or push back or ignore things that are really deep and meaningful to our partners. So I actually think this is less complicated in that regard than like intellectual intimacy, because That's emotional true. intimacy is somebody just sharing with you their personal experience. Yeah. Maybe. So there's, I don't think there's as much to argue with, although there is plenty of arguing that goes <laughs> on around feelings. And yeah. fears. That's good. That, let me clarify that. Okay. Maybe I was getting too much into the intellectual okay. intimacy. Okay. So that's a good clarification. 
I think maybe where the pushback comes up in, emotionally mm. is that it can feel personal to the other person. Like sure. my emotions are somehow a mirror or reflection, a reflection of something you're doing wrong, or it can create shame in the other person or make mm-hmm. them feel like, you know, that they're not enough or that they've done it wrong or that you disapprove. Well, I mean, you bring up a really interesting thing. I think in the name of emotional intimacy, a lot of blaming things get brought totally. up, but that's not emotional intimacy. No, That's not me sharing with you my deepest feelings and fears. Mm-hmm. Like my deepest fear is not that it's, I can't stand it when you do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's my a really specific fear, fear. Yeah. Is being abandoned. Yeah. Or having me show up as who I actually am and then having you reject me. I mean, that's when we're talking about really getting to the heart of Mm -hmm. emotional intimacy. Yeah. And I see this all the time with couples when, you know, I was trained in emotionally focused couples therapy and a big part of that type of treatment for couples is helping people get out of blame, get out of intellectualizing and start to take that elevator down further into Mm -hmm. what you're describing, Mm -hmm. which is that. In, in EFT or emotionally focused therapy language, it would be our primary emotions. Yeah. Not the secondary stuff that we, we throw up as a smoke screen or a shield. Right. To or even the us. way we make sense of those feelings. Yeah. Intellectually mm-hmm. or whatever. But instead to really focus on that vulnerable stuff, the, the primary stuff, the really driving emotions underneath it. And what is always surprising to me, seriously, after all these years of doing this, is how powerful that is when somebody says something like, I'm, I'm just afraid. Yeah. Right. Or I'm just really sad. I feel so sad. How it almost automatically softens the other person. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to fight someone who's that who's, yeah. vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It really is hard to fight them. I mean, of course, you can fight anyone for anything, but sure. but yeah. it's just harder to. Yeah. Because they're they're more opened up. They're more vulnerable. They're more raw, and it moves us. It touches us. And so that mm-hmm. I think what you're describing in terms of getting to that place is certainly easier said than done, but that's where the power is and bonding yeah. us to someone else. Yeah. Because children, they live in that world. Right. They live in the world of primary emotion. Yeah, they do. They don't dress it up any other way. Mm-mm. They don't know how to. Yeah. And I think on the whole, we do a disservice by oftentimes just like teaching them out of that. Oh, I know. You don't feel like that. Yeah. Or we tell them what they're thinking mm-hmm. or feeling and they believe it. So yeah, it's again, a lot of unlearning we have to do. And I, maybe that's why Jesus told us to be like little children, because they, Mm -hmm. they really do just lead with their hearts like that. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, that works so well. Yeah. Well, and and it makes repair so much easier. Mm -hmm. Like it, when it can be done on that level. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's the only way to repair. Yes. Yeah. It's just that kids live there. So they're Mm -hmm. like, they can respond in real time about that and they sort it out and they can move on easy because it's all taken care of on the ground level. So the image that came to my mind is, and perhaps you've seen it, there's a sculpture that was that went sort of viral a number of years ago that was presented at the Burning Man Festival, that desert. Oh, Have you seen the I one? I know what you're talking Where about. Or the two adults. It's, it's like chicken wire, kind of wire frame, two adults with their heads down, backs to each other leaning yeah. away from each other yeah. in this very distressed looking pose. Yeah. They're kind of slumped, they're facing away from each over, other, hunched over like, but yeah. there's two babies or children, small two children, children like inside of them, toddlers touching each other, facing each other, looking toward each other, reaching holding for hands. each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. It's, and everybody instantly gets it. 
Yeah, maybe we could link to that. Yeah, maybe so. In the so. show notes. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll make a note of that. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it takes a lot of courage. I know for myself to sometimes, you know, it, with emotional intimacy, maybe we start off with that other stuff, you know, defending ourselves, arguing, making our case, all these things like that. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, the, the after t- some time, there, there's almost a moment where you realize that I could say this next thing that probably is more vulnerable, more honest, more scary to say. Mm-hmm. And then we talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. Because we feel, because that fear can cut like a knife. It almost feels like it could be dangerous because it's so vulnerable. I think it is dangerous only because like great risk, great reward type thing. Yeah. It's risky because if that's not put in caring hands or safe hands, then it is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so you have to assess. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If that other person is, again, going back to Brene Brown, if the person you feel like you want to share this with has not earn the right through safe behaviors to know that part of your story or how you're feeling, then it probably doesn't make sense to take that risk with them. But I still think you should share it with somebody. Mm, Okay. So don't cut it off entirely. Find somebody so that you can experience that emotional intimacy. Find a safe person. I mean, at a minimum, write it down in in like a journal or something. And then Mm. maybe pray. If you're a praying person, say it out loud bring it to a safe person, mm. get it out of you, be able mm. to just to witness it because it's really okay. important. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there are a couple of things that you can practice. Well, first of all, one gauge for emotional intimacy that you can assess in your relationship is uh, your level of comfort with eye contact. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you might consider. How comfortable are you with that? And it will just be telling. It'll kind of give you a gauge for personally where you're at. If there are, you know, if you reach a point where three seconds and you got to look away because otherwise it's too much, that's okay. It's okay. It just allows you to see where you're at and can maybe help you be more intentional about making strides in that, in that area. If you feel like it's not where you'd like it to be. Yeah. That. That's a really vulnerable place. The, the eyes are powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a place mm-hmm. where we let somebody see us. Mm-hmm. I mean, full on. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> We're looking at each other right now, <laughs> having to stare off. But I, yeah, it's interesting. A, a colleague of mine, Tammy Hill, she talked about, she's a sex therapist and she talked about, you know, because sex, is, uh, physical touch and emotional, I mean, all of these are intertwined, right? And she talked about how if you really want to take your sex life up another level, she says, open your eyes during sex, look at your partner right in the eyes. She says, that'll be way more intense than trying anything else you could do. Wow. It's just opening your eyes and looking at your partner while you're in that very connected state. She said, even try it while you're kissing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Huh. Most of us close our eyes when we kiss. Yeah. But, but the eyes are powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, a gauge that you can use as you're maybe curious about your own level of comfort with emotional intimacy. Yeah. And I think another one that you can also try and, and add on there is, this is especially true now with uh, cell phones and just all these computers and screens everywhere, is try just being with someone else without those distractions and notice what happens for you, you know, as you're, as mm-hmm. you're just with them, because emotions are likely to come up. It could be yeah. boredom. It could be yeah. a curiosity. It could be fear. It could be 
you know, a lot of different emotions will start to surface, but your ability to tolerate that and, and be with another person, you know, brings up a lot of things. Yeah. And the distractions, the TVs, the screens, all those things can in some ways sort of regulate the intensity. Yeah, they can. They can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So those are two, two good ones to use. And then two thoughts about just nurturing emotional intimacy in your relationship. And one is to practice listening, which has come up, you know, a handful of times in different areas of the podcast, but it is an area where we traditionally are not very strong. Oh, no. No, I think, I think most of us are terrible listeners, actually, mm-hmm. including myself. Sometimes I'm not a great listener. Right. And I'm a professional listener. <laughs> I mean, that's what I... Sure. You know? Sure. I but, see. Yeah. And so it's... You're right. Our, our stuff gets in the way or we... We get distracted or impatient or get anxious. Mm-hmm. Or like so engaged that we're mm-hmm. like not listening anymore. We're talking or we're sharing. and Yeah. Have you ever had anybody ever say to you, tell me more? Right. Like to keep you talking? Right. Like that is like next level amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you can, that's one way that you can deepen your mm-hmm. ability to listen is by asking two follow-up questions mm-hmm. to somebody's comment and then just seeing where that takes things. Yeah. And it, oftentimes, if you were going to make a comment earlier on while they were talking, where you, when you're, you know, our wheels are spinning, you're so far gone from that. You're like in a whole different place. But just being able to like dig a little bit, find out more. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I just had this thought pop in my head about just maybe how, how powerful this is. I'm thinking of that episode of The Office where where Dwight looks at the camera and says, right, you can't handle my undivided attention. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it's funny because it's Dwight and yeah. I know pro- most intense. people probably couldn't yeah. handle Dwight's undivided attention, but I don't think most people can handle undivided attention. Oh, I yeah. think it's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I think when somebody is truly tuning into us, mm-hmm. it's unfamiliar to a lot of us. Yeah. And so you can offer that just by presence. It doesn't mean you stare them down and look psychotic. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sending a signal that you have, you'd rather be with this person than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. That like what they're saying matters to you and that you're right there with them. Yeah. Emotional intimacy is something that has to be practiced. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So listening is one. And then another to consider is sharing clearly and honestly. Mm. which can be extremely difficult. Yes. If you have somebody willing to listen and if you have a safe, safe place to share, practice being clear and honest. That's hard. I have a hard time doing that. I need a little bit of dance in the conversation before I can say what I already know I wanted to say a few Mm -hmm. minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you need some warm up or to feel kind of have like a rhythm or a connection, things going on. Yeah. I remember years ago, I had a a client that would come in and before we would start the session or I mean, as part of starting our session together, you know, usually we'll sit down and I'll, I'll check in and just say like, you know, where do you want to start or tell me where, you know, what do you want to work on today? But she would always come in and just say like, she would ask me how I was doing Mm. and she'd really want to know what was going on for me for just like a few minutes, which was really unconventional because most people, it's a very much a one-sided thing in therapy. You know, people aren't asking me about me. Yeah. And 
that was really important for her to feel like there was some emotional intimacy. Okay. Some connection. So you're like building. Then she could open up and start up and talking about like, her this life. This is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I think that that, yeah, that matters to be able to reveal part of yourself, share and not just be closed right. off. Right. Yeah. It may not make sense just to throw your clothes off and jump into the freezing lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Speaking from personal experience. <laughs> You do take a long time, even in the summer, to get in the water. Yes, true. So, lots of warm up. But yeah, that's powerful stuff. And again, mm-hmm. I just want to say, well, and maybe we haven't addressed this yet. In many of these areas of intimacy, you might discover, oh yeah, I'm not very good at that. That's okay. Or I want, I'm not where I want to be. That's totally fine. Oh yeah. You can just find ways to incrementally improve. These are all long-term plays. Absolutely. And this is why, I mean, I I really think it's great that we're talking about this because so many people that have, that are overcoming, let's say, struggle with unwanted pornography use. Mm -hmm. Let's just take that one, for example. Pornography gives you all of the sort of quote unquote benefits of intimacy without Mm -hmm. any of the risk. Yeah. So you can sort of have the experience without having to really be known or to be seen by someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember Matt Frad, who's a, he's a Catholic blogger, theologian. He, he, he talks a lot about pornography and the impact on society and so on. And one thing he said is the problem with pornography isn't that it shows too much. It's that it doesn't show enough of what it really requires to be mm. bonded to somebody and mm-hmm. connected. And it shows just a very small one-dimensional piece of that. But all this other stuff around emotional intimacy and being seen and known is deeply satisfying and very rich. Mm-hmm. Even if you're someone who maybe you don't think I'm very emotional, all of us want to be known and seen. All of us want to know that yeah. we matter yeah. to someone else. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. So yeah, I just want to encourage you to keep working on it and practicing. This isn't mm-hmm. something most of us were taught or most of us have a lot of exposure to. Yeah. And the good news is you can learn it even as an adult. Mm-hmm. That's usually Absolutely. when we learn yeah, it. That's when we discover <laughs> we need to. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. It's great sharing this time with you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us.